On today's episode of the podcast, we're doing things a little bit differently. With all of the current events going on in the country, I thought, what better of a time to speak about social injustice and the way that we view the racial divide in sports as well as football. I brought my good friend Caleb Faulkner, a young black man and a tremendous leader in his community, to speak a little bit more about the way that society views these injustices and what we can do to better ourselves through growth in such a society that has almost tab- tabooed or stigmatized speaking about race and viewing racial tension the way that it is in the country. Caleb is a phenomenal leader. He is a community-driven ally who has been very supportive of young black communities and showing them that they have a purpose, building them up and giving them figures to see. As you'll hear, Caleb has done so much for his community. I'm going to let him speak a little bit more on that, and you'll hear that later on in the episode. But not only am I proud to know Caleb as an individual that went to Southern Miss with me, I'm even more proud to call him a friend. And I was so excited to bring him on the show today as a guest to hear his insight and hear how we can better ourselves as a community to grow and lead. Now, I will say today on the show, it was just me and Ben speaking with Caleb. Jonathan and Bailey were not able to make it. They both had prior obligations. They have been on the road for the past week, uh, but they, they wanted to let you know they strongly wanted to be here to support the message that Caleb had to say and further hear how they could better themselves as well. I hope that we all lend a careful ear to this episode, but more importantly, I hope that we educate ourselves to better ourselves as a community as we go forward in these trying times. I hope that we as people just look for the betterment of humanity and work together to serve just a common justice that we all deserve. This is going to be a tough episode to listen to for some people. We are posing uncomfortable questions all the time as a society, and it's not an easy thing to get through. But I believe it is our duty as human beings, in America especially, to pose some of these tough questions, to be uncomfortable, because more than ever, we need to stand together. I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited to speak with Caleb. I'm excited for you to listen. Please listen to this with open ears and an open mind and an open heart. Please educate yourself on things going on in the world today. All right, guys. Well, we are going to do things much different than the show's formatting usually is. Uh, Just considering everything with the times going on right now, I thought it was probably best. To, to talk a little bit about social injustice and the, the way that it's portrayed in sports. And uh, obviously, because we are a podcast of mainly, usually it's four of us and it's all four white guys, we, we wanted to bring in my good friend, Caleb Faulkner, to kind of give us a, a lowdown of his perspective and what he sees in, in the sports world, especially with football. Um, and, uh, and talk a little bit more about these injustices that we have in society. So, uh, Caleb, I'm going to throw it over to you. Uh, I know we'll be asking 
questions from time to time, but we're going to let you have the floor and, and really be the voice that, that leads this conversation. So let's start off with just everything and kind of talk a little bit about who you are, give people a feel for what it is you do in, in uh, your community and your life and everything. And, um, and I'll, I'll let you take that away. Yeah. So, um, my name is Caleb Faulkner. Uh, like Connor said, I've been knowing Connor since 2013, which it's crazy. It sounds now it sounds like it's been so long ago, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel that right. long ago. Um, but yeah, I am from Hattiesburg, born and raised. Uh, went to the University of Southern Mississippi. Uh, I am a, a fifth grade uh, teacher, and I coach football uh, for my old school, the Hattiesburg High Tigers. Um, and I've been doing that. This, this would be uh, my fourth uh, year. So, yeah. And I've been having great fun doing it so far. I, so I want to let people know that you're – so the, the reason that I thought you were – like you would be perfect for this episode, we literally – it just came up by us talking in conversation yeah. the other day. It yeah. was just like I, this is something that – I felt needed to be addressed and I thought you'd be the perfect person. And the yeah. reason is you do so much with your community and the Hattiesburg community, uh, especially not just for the, the people that are living in there that mm-hmm. are, uh, that are older and, or, or our age, but especially the younger generation. Right. And I want to, I want to brag about you a little bit. You and, and your girlfriend, Cassandra, you guys did an awesome thing back in 2018 where mm-hmm. you brought how, how many classes of, of kids was it to see the Black Panther? I think, I think in total, I think the total amount of kids, I think it was like 130. And it ranged from, they were from the Salvation Army, Boys and Girls Club, uh, Osceola McCarty Youth Center. Um, they were from uh, certain schools in uh, Hattiesburg. And they just kind of, we just kind of got a list of people kind of compiled a list and we all met them uh one saturday morning gave them uh some comic books uh they got popcorn and some snacks and we saw black panther and it was super cool man the minute that i saw that you guys were were funding it and, and raising money for it yeah. i was just i was blown away and it, more more than that i was just so proud to know both you and key as people because when when people meet you, the first time I met you, we bonded over LSU football, yep. and uh, and that was that was kind of like how we met. And it was at we we were we so we met doing student government work at yep. the University of Southern Mississippi, and we were both working towards being part of freshman associates. And uh, we were at kind of like the I don't know what they called it. It was like tryouts or whatever for it. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Which is that was so, so weird. Too. It was so weird, but it was <laughs> it was cool because we got to mesh with all these different personalities and yeah. and I remember it was like you, me, uh, our buddy Dalton Calm and Chris Huffman mm-hmm. uh, and these Ben. I know you know those names, being that they were in our fraternity. Those are guys in our fraternity. Um, but I just remember too just how laid back everything was, and then we both were members of, of council and um, we just got to, we, we got to work with one another, which was surreal. But the, the one thing I always noticed was how much you and key were just really devoted to whatever project it was that, uh, that you guys were doing, which is so interesting. Cause at the time 
I look at you guys as, as like the ultimate power couple. Y'all weren't dating then. Oh no, man, no. And everybody so would ask you to if you guys were dating, and y'all were both <laughs> look like like disgusted about the the thought of it. No. Nope. Uh, and sure enough, but I always was blown away by your leadership and your hard work towards just getting something accomplished, no matter what it was. And um, that that's always something I had a, a lot of respect for. And so. Uh, just over the years, being able to watch your leadership grow into something more than just setting up an event for campus, being something, setting up, it became, you know, setting up an event for younger individuals of color to see a black superhero on the big screen. Right. I thought that was amazing. And it, it truly made me proud to consider you guys friends and, and, you know, I, I look at you guys as family. I look at anybody that I went to school with as family at Southern Miss. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, one thing that we were talking about uh, for, for everybody listening in before the show is just a lot of people ask us why Southern Miss is so important to us. Uh, and, you know, what, especially on this podcast, if you listen to it, we always talk about Southern Miss. And, you know, of course, a lot of it's joking about how we put those players that went to Southern Miss that are in the NFL, we put them over people like Tom Brady, but like really like we just, we love the, the university because of its community. And, uh, I think people like you, Caleb, you, you bring that community there. And, uh, and, uh, just again, I'm so, so proud to know you and so happy to have you on, uh, Ben and I, you know, as I said before, we're, we're going to kind of sit back. We're going to ask you some questions about just yeah. like your views. And we're going to, we're just going to take the time to actively listen and, and see how we can better ourselves and, helping with with this movement that's going on with the black lives matter but also understanding injustices uh as they are portrayed in sports and in in the social world today um yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this with you and ben i know you're in the same boat um so uh let, let's get started i think yeah. We, we have we have a lot of fuel to the fire as <laughs> right after i asked you to do this episode drew Brees. um he brings up the I'll never agree with disrespecting the flag comment. Right. Um, let, let's start with that, like right yeah. off the bat. What were your feelings? Um, I know I, I can personally say I, I have a, an idea where what your feelings were just based yeah. off of us being <laughs> on social media. But yeah. what were your feelings uh, hearing, hearing a comment like that, especially from somebody that's so well respected in the National yeah. Football League? Yeah. So initially I'm like, wait, he said what? So, cause you know, you know, you guys both know how, how the hit, how the headlines work. Right. So I'm like, okay, let me listen to his full statement. So I, 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 I listened to it. And honestly, truthfully speaking, they weren't as bad once you, you know, listen to the whole, whole thing, but it was still kind of like, wow, Drew, like, because he, he kind of said the same thing in 2016 when they first um, started to happen. But yeah, uh, I was very disappointed and because, and really it's kind of a testament to Drew because it's really because I think he's a good dude. You know, I don't, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad, bad guy at all. I just think that, you know, there's an adage that they say that, you know, in sports, you don't see color when you're in the locker room, um, you kind of don't see differences, but I actually think, it's the opposite because I think it's actually harder to see when your black teammates are going through things because it's like, man, I'm with him every day. I don't see anybody treating him wrong. You know what I'm saying? So right. it could actually work 
in the in the opposite. Um, so I just think that it was unfortunate that, you know, in the past, you know, three to four years that his stance didn't change. Um, he did issue an apology. But like I said on Twitter, the apology wasn't going to do anything really for anybody who was who was hurt, hurt from it. So we just have to, you know, hold him at his at his at his word. Like I said, I think Drew is a good a good guy, and I think that, you know, honestly, we could use this because if Drew Brees of all people, even if he can't get things like like that at right, that lets you know that you know there there is room, and if Drew can come back and show that hey, I've actually learned from what I said, I see why I was wrong, and he could kind of use his power and platform to actually help the cause I think it's only going to help out you know yeah and I just I just think that you know this was kind of needed because I, I think Drew is a type of guy to where he can learn from his mistakes and I think he could be an example for other people to be like you know what if Drew can get it right if he can turn it around then I can too so yeah. yeah that's a really good point too yeah I, I think it was it was funny too that you were mentioning about kind of um there's that that saying that i don't see color especially mm-hmm. when you're in the sports locker room yeah and it kind of ties in with another thing that went on uh vic fangio saying he doesn't believe that there's racial tension or or issues inside the nfl yeah uh, that was another like why why'd we bring it up at this time type of comment that that I shook my head at when when I saw that um I, I, and obviously he's since much like Drew Brees retracted his statement mm-hmm. when you hear that though i think it's i mean and again this might just be because of where i was raised and all that but yeah. i think it's common sense that that there's a lot of racial tension even still like even though you get along with someone of a different color than you right there's still there's things that we don't understand about the other side because of the way that we were brought up in in our cultures and and it's just so different uh that 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 was another thing i wanted to ask you about and i thought you tie i think it ties in really nicely with what you were saying earlier uh what what message do you see or or like or what, what do you see as far as like um, race in sports, especially with you being a coach. Um, and, um, and if you could just harp on maybe like, like your, your thoughts on that, you know, racial divide with, within sports and football and, uh, things like that. Yeah. So the whole kind of big, the thing with Vic Fangio, which, um, it's, it's kind of I kind of actually took him at his word because maybe with his own eyes, maybe he, you know, didn't see race. But, you know, I, I like to tell tell people, you know, I haven't had anyone ever be overtly racist towards me. The same same with Key. But we both know that it's real and that it exists. It's kind of like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you know it's there. You, you can feel the wind. You know what I'm saying? So. That was kind of – I kind of wish he would have kind of touched on that because people probably kind of – they wouldn't have jumped on him on, on him so, so bad. But I just think that, you know, in our country, a lot of our fans, it's hard for them to see the athletes, especially football players, as more as just their kind of 
we cheer for them and you know we don't think any that you know they're being mistreated or anything like that it's kind of hard for them to kind of split the two but the reality is you know they face the same things that someone who isn't an athlete and Tom Herman, he's the head football coach of Texas. He had a great statement. You know, he said that it's, it's easy to cheer for these guys on Saturdays and Sundays when they score touchdowns and they get tackles and, you know, but will you allow them to date your kid? You know, would you allow, would you hire them, you know, at your job? And if you can't easily say yes to both of those things, that's an ish issue. Um, and I, I do think, you know, it's just kind of weird that even today, some people kind of can't, you know, dispel the two. Yes, they're a football ball player, but they have the same feelings as you, you do. Things are happening to them the same way they happen to, you know, people who don't play football. Just because, you know, I threw for five touchdowns or I ran for 200 yards doesn't mean that someone isn't being – you know, they they aren't going to mistreat me, you know, based on the color of my skin. And, you know, I think with what's going on now, I will say this, more teams and, I, and more fans, I think, are finally starting to get it because of the thing that happened with George Floyd. Like, you just can't look at that and say, you know, you, it's only one way to look at that, you know. And I think, you know, as sad as it is and what happened to him, I think that, the country needed it to happen to where there was no gray area there, you know, there's no gray area. It's like, okay, this is wrong. And I think because of that, I think slowly people are starting to turn and change their minds of kind of how they see and, and view those things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I love what you're kind of touching on. Um, like the fact, like just, I think Drew Brees is such a great example because, like you said, he, he really, like, I think it's obvious that he's a good dude. And, yeah. uh, you know, everyone I think recognizes that. But for him to kind of still hold that view and really pretty obviously not fully understand, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the message of a Colin Kaepernick and what he was doing and, and really what's kind of been, uh, you know, that conversation has been restarted recently, but it's also, I also love what you were saying. Like it's, it also is really encouraging because when stuff like does that does happen and he sees that visceral, visceral reaction of fans and I'm sure of his teammates mm -hmm. that starts that conversation. Um, because you really don't like take like, like uh, when Riley Cooper, uh, you know, said those right. things on camera saying that, what four or five years ago, whenever that was, maybe longer than that. Yeah, I think it was you really, longer than that. It's crazy. Yeah, seven, seven or eight years ago. Yeah, um, you really don't see that type of overt, like intense, specific racism, especially in you know like a public sphere like the NFL. Right. But you still, it's there's still obvious uh, covert racism and ideas that kind of underlie that. Um, and we were we were me and Caleb when. Connor's connection got cut off and so me and Caleb got to have a little side conversation, but I, I just want to like, how, how important is it to have, like we were talking about um, Chad Davis, he's a pastor in Hattiesburg and yeah. how he has become uh, 
kind of a spiritual leader for Hattiesburg high, which is a majority black high school. Yep. Um, and then you, I think you can kind of connect that to guys like Drew Brees and even owners. Like how, how important is it to have guys like that who do understand and guys like Tom Herman, like you mentioned that, that continue that conversation and start the conversation in spaces where people like Drew Brees maybe don't fully understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, the harsh reality of it is, is, I mean, sometimes that when people that look like me, when we kick and scream and say these things, a lot of times people just don't hear it, you know? Mm. And, you know, so it takes people like Pastor Chad, right, to do the things that he's doing for for Hattiesburg because for a long time, there's a stereotype about the type of people that go to Hattiesburg, the kids over there and, you know, how they act. And he's a test. He can go back and tell people like, nah, I'm there four or five times a week. Like those are, those kids are just like my, my kids at home, you know, and it's just, so you kind of need, you know, other white people, honestly, to kind of go and say, Hey, Hey guys, listen, let me tell you from my, from my point of view, from my perspective, because I think it's easier for some people who kind of can't, get it yet i think it's easier for them to kind of comprehend and 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 i think it's easier for them to kind of come closer to where we need to be and honestly if that's what it takes then i think that's what we need to do and to be quite honest i think black people would be perfectly fine with that if you know the people who were on our side and who are trying to, you know, make sure that things are right and who are trying to end systemic racism. I think if those people go over there and say, Hey guys, you know, I just left from over here at this protest. It was peaceful. These are the things that we, that we did. These are the things that we talked about. You know, these are the things that they want in order to live the same life that we, we do. I think they would be perfectly fine, fine with that. Because honestly, I think, some black leaders and activists, they feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders when they have to kind of pull our people and then go on the other side and say, hey guys, can you please stop being this way to us? So I think when you have people who do understand that are of the same color view, I think it's just easy to kind of, kind of come closer to the area that we need to be. That's all. That's an awesome way to put everything with that as well. Um, obviously, you know, with us talking a lot about injustices in sport, the way that it's viewed in sports, uh, we've we've already brought up light to it. We can't go without talking about Kaepernick and the kneel. Uh, obviously, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't know the story, but just a refresher: Colin Kaepernick back in 2016. Um, made a very powerful statement by deciding to kneel for the national anthem at the first few preseason games. And uh, it then turned into the entirety of the 2016 season. And he wasn't alone. There were plenty of players that decided to protest with him. And, um, and several of those players along with him lost their job for an extended period of time. Um, you know, it's probably the biggest news story not just in the sports world, but, you know, next to the, the only other thing that I can think of around the, in the last decade that would have been as big as having Donald Trump in president, uh, in, in the presidential role. Um, 
so obviously we, we want to talk a little bit about that and, and kind of how, how do you feel this opened up a conversation for, for the nation, you know, just about, about the, the way that oppression is, is handled and viewed in society and maybe what it can lead to in, in the future. What, what do you think some of the, uh, the things were that we got from just one simple kneel? Yeah. So, um, I think initially most people just couldn't get past the fact like, yo man, this is the anthem, you know, you know, this is a part where, you know, we think about our country and the people who died and I totally get it. Um, but I think in a way, Colin Kaepernick was, I think he was too soon almost because now when you look at the type of protests that are happening in some places and how you have violence and looting and things like that, it's almost like now it's like, yo, we should have listened to him then to where it wouldn't get to where we are now, you know? And so I think now he looks way better just, you know, I think in the eyes of most people now than he did then. <laughs> and, you know, I think for some people at first, they probably knew, but they probably didn't care to look into it that much. And I think, because even me, it was some cases that he would say in press conferences. I'm like, wait, what? What did he just say? And I would look it up and say, whoa, I didn't even know this happened. So I think um, that now with him kneeling and the other guys kneeling and that, I would say, uproar that it caused, it was a good uproar because now it's like, okay, it's an up uproar. Why is he doing this? So now you see why he's, he's, he's doing it. And I think when that happened, I think some people kind of start saying, okay, we need to start to pay very close attention to what's going on. But I don't think up until now, I think just the irony of George Floyd being killed by an officer having his knee, having him being on the, on the knee, I think the sick irony in that is like, yo, we should have listened to Colin earlier. And I think if we would have, I think you could honestly say if the outcry was how it is now, like it was then, George Floyd could be alive right now, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm just happy now that I, I for some reason, me and, me and Key were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how, 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 how you guys feel, but now it just feels different than the than the last few times you know i i feel like we're on a verge of something actually changing this time and i think you know colin being the you know the guy that kind of started started it all you know i'm happy for it and i just hope that you know at some point we can get to the place that we're all trying to go to yeah i so you know the thing that i feel with it um it, it's for me, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to figure out how, like how I want to express it because yeah. for, for me, um, you know, I'm very ashamed in, in the way that I viewed things four years ago and in, in the light, you know, especially in the light of when, when Kaepernick kneeled and I didn't think, cause obviously he's such a, um, a stigmatized figure in, in sports and uh, still to this day, especially specifically in the white community, he is viewed by a lot, a, a lot of conservatives as like this villain of a character. Right. And, you know, whatever your feelings are, like I remember early on thinking, 
that he was doing it because he didn't have enough attention on him because he was pulled from that starting role, which right. very well could have been the case. No, no one really knows what his true motives were. That was in his mind. But to view him as a bad guy, the problem I had with it was he started raising so much awareness, giving so much money to, to very charitable causes. And that's where I started like really gaining respect from him and, and realizing that he was much more than just this controversial figure, but he was somebody that was really taking an action. And, and somebody like that, you, you can't shame, you know? And then now I look at it and when, when I, I go back to what I was saying about how like shameful I am at, at the way that I viewed things, it, it wasn't, it, you know, obviously you, you say like, off-colored things uh, and make comments, and it's it's something we all do, especially when as we're we're growing up. I will say, right before and then during the uh, Ahmad Arbery incident, that was when I started really uh, self-examine. I self-examined my views and and where where I wanted to be in the world, who I wanted to be, more importantly, in the world. And, um, and then sadly we started having incidences like the Breonna Taylor incident. And then obviously now what we're facing the last week and a half with the joy, uh, the George Floyd murder. And, um, I think the thing that, that hit me the hardest about it was that, that viewpoint of what would, what would I tell my kids, you know, when in, in the future, when they ask like, what this was an important period in American history. Yep. And what what were you doing to better society? What were you doing to better your relationship with the people around you? And all I would be able to say was oh, I was just too nervous to speak out against it. So I didn't do anything. Yeah. And I think about that thought like and that's why I want to be more open and learn more about it and and speak to to just everyone, like just speak to anyone that I can to just better educate myself. Ben, I, you know, based off the way that we talk, I know you're the same way. It just, that, that was, I think a moment for me. And I think a situation like we had with George Floyd is really something that makes you ponder that thought too. Cause I know it's just, it's not just me. Like I said, you know, Ben, I'm like, like based off of our conversations, I know you've had the same thoughts. And it's not just white people, because obviously it's a it, there's a a whole group of people getting together. Yep. And so this is this is a moment when we we should all come together. But I think it's a moment of uh, for for multiple different communities, you know, that that's hitting everybody weirdly differently, but kind like. I, it's so weird to say, like, like it's not the same, obviously, that it's hitting people, but it's it's not drastically different either. It's it's hitting everybody in a different way, but but it's bringing people together, which is really really awesome, and it's amazing. Yeah. And um, you know, I I, I don't want to harp on it too much because I'm I'm taking up like your time to actually talk about things. But yeah. the 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 one thing that that I want to bring up that's that I think so special is just the fact that like that we have multiple platforms to talk about this and we, 
especially specifically our generation, mm-hmm. I think is doing a great job of utilizing what social media is in a very positive light. And that, you know, that's, that's what I encourage people because obviously I, I want as many people to listen to this episode specifically to hear about like injustices in the way that they're brought up in several different, different formats. But I think the one thing that I really want is people that are our age to continue to fight the good fight using social media as a positive outlet and a, and a positive platform to, to showcase injustice, but also to bring positivity and, and understanding. And instead of criticizing and canceling people, helping them. Yep. And I think we're going to see a lot of that with this Drew Brees incident. Yep. You know, there are obviously a lot of people that want to just cancel him. And um, I think, I think uh, it, it's not just him too. It's several other figures. Um, but, but I think if we take figures like that and say, look, what you said was dumb and stupid and uh, incredibly ignorant. But here's, here's how you can grow. Um, that, that's what social media should really be about. And that's the media that we need to form, you know. Um, here's, here's a question for you, Caleb. I'm curious to, to hear what your thoughts are on like, or, or what, what advice you would have even for somebody who is, you know, a white American that is having a hard time being vocal and trying to be active with the black community. Right. What, what piece of advice would you give for somebody that's in that boat that's afraid, you know, kind of what maybe their family would think, uh, their friends, and they're just nervous that they'll cut ties with someone like that who might have a very differing and radically vocal um, just viewpoint to where they might, they might be too afraid to speak out on these injustices. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing instances like this on like Twitter pretty much like all week, whereas like people's like, yeah, I won't ever speak to my stepmom again because, you know, she hates black people. And it's like, you know, honestly, at this point, if you have someone in your life or a friend that doesn't understand, you know, the movement that's going on and why black people say things like Black Lives Matter and things like that. Honestly, if you can't educate them and get them on the right side, then maybe you should, you know, let 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 them go. You know, it's it's kind of like, you know, I I had friends in high school who I don't hang around anymore because where I'm going and the things that I'm doing now, I just can't be around that anymore, you know? And it's kind of like the first thing I always tell people cuz someone asked, asked me this, the first thing you have you have to do is you have to understand that there is a certain thing that is called white privilege. Now, this is the part that gets some people where they get itchy. They're just like, there's no way something is white privilege. My mom was poor. My dad worked three jobs. And that may be very well true. And I I won't debate you back and back and forth on that. But the fact of the matter is there are things that are built in the way that our country was built that based on the color of your skin, you're going to have a head start on certain things than a black person. It's just, it's true. And I think for some poor white people who grew up, who had to work for everything, that's a hard thing for them to understand. And that's a hard thing for them to come to grasp with. So I think that's the first, first thing. And honestly, I think if people could grasp onto that and truly kind of get that, I think that would 
cure a lot of the problems because a lot of things just like, I don't believe there's, I have privilege because of this and that and that. And so I, I think that's the first thing. Yeah. And I think the second thing is if you have a black friend or someone who, you know, just ask, ask them, Hey, what, what can I do to help you? Or what can I do to end the problem that's, that's going, going on? Because nine times out of 10, they're going to probably have, have an answer. I mean, I, you know, it's certain books, like it's, you know, like I know on, I think Tuesday or something, it was like, they had all these books that people could read and, you know, give to this fund or go give back at this place, you know, and honestly, there is no great answer. I would just say, if you just show that you're trying to change and that you're trying to help, I think that's the most important thing because someone along the way will pick you up and lead you in the right, right space in the right, right area. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing now. I think you we're seeing people who are afraid to call out their granddad, you know, for, you know, having things said about black people. And I think now they got to the point where like, Hey, granddad, you know, this is wrong, you know, and this is why. And for some people, you are going to have family that won't understand and that don't care and, and that they, that they don't like that you're speaking out about this. But I think in the long run, I think kind of like what you said, Connor, I think in the long run, what do you want to tell your kids when they write the history book? Cause 2020, it's going to be a long book, man. This year <laughs> is just freaking crazy. crazy. We're not even done yet. We when got they, a meteor coming for right. us too. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh when my they, God. <laughs> when they when they talk about 2020, do and they turn to a page and they say, Hey, what was Caleb Faulkner doing in the year 2020? I don't want to tell my kids that I just sat back and because Drew Brees was my favorite quarterback of all time, that I didn't tell him how I felt about his statement. You know, yeah. And so I just think as long as you're trying to move in the right steps, someone along the way is going to pick you up and lead you in the right spot. So, heck yeah, yeah. I, I think to kind of add on that a little bit, and I do, I, I bring it back to a question at the end. Um, I, I think that Connor kind of mentioned like the cancel culture, and, mm -hmm. and like I, I think I've felt some of that too. Is is I've also been really discouraged like when something like a movement like this happens, that's so public and that everyone is, is commenting on and, and has an opinion about, right. I, I've got a lot more friends than I thought I did that are very wrong and, and they don't see it like that. And I, I think it's a good thing that all this stuff is being exposed because they're, those thoughts are being challenged, but I, I've almost wanted to pull away from that and say like, well, I, I just don't want to talk to you. Um, but the conversation is so important because if you, if you just cancel those people, if you, you know, right. just cut that conversation off, then there's no room for progress and the conversation can't be had. Those people can't be educated. Their ignorance can't be addressed. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I mean, going back to Drew Brees, like I, I really hope that he doesn't, get canceled quote unquote. And right. I hope that he ends up being, um, you know, somebody that is outspoken on this and, and that understands, uh, where those, those guys who are next to him are kneeling down where those guys are coming from. And so that's, I, I guess that kind of leads into my question that 
and I want to ask you specifically because you're in this space of sports where um, this is, and this is something me and Connor have talked about a little bit, like thinking about like what career we don't want to go into sports is a really, it's such a unique space, especially in a time like in the last, you know, 15 years when everything has become so divided politically and in so many other ways, but it's a space where people come together to play and to, to cheer and to comment on this thing where, you know, it really is a game and it's trivial uh, technically, but it's so important because it brings all of these groups together and you can, and you can kind of move those ideas and disagreements out of the way. Um, so I guess my question would be how does sports, because it is that unique space of unity and diversity, uh, all these different groups of people coming together, how does sports progress this conversation and how can it be, have a positive impact on actual change? Right. And going back to kind of what you said earlier, I hate council culture now, especially when it comes to this topic, because we need to constantly um, educate people and tell them why they're wrong so that they can go and pass it on to someone, to some, someone else. Um, but getting to your question, um, you know, if you look at a locker room of a sports team, you have different people that come from everywhere all types of backgrounds, walks of life. And if they can get along and work for a common goal, which is to win a game that week or that, that night, then that should be kind of how the rest of us kind of look at it. Like these people come from all types of walks of life, you know, their sexual orientation might be not the, not, not the same. They could practice, they could, you know, we have Christians, you have like, it's just, it's a big melting pot, right? And if these people can get along and understand how to work together, we should use that blueprint. And I think that, I think that sports could be a way to where we can continue to push this movement even further. And I think it's going to start with this, with the saints, right? I mean, you have guys in that, locker room who are strong guys man cam jordan i mean we just re-signed malcolm jenkins i mean he's one of the most strongest guy in the in the league so i think that you know it's it's, it's going to start there and how they choose to operate and how they choose to talk things out and try to understand each other that should be the blueprint for this country because now all eyes are on Drew Brees, which honestly is great because Drew is the perfect guy that this could happen to because I truly believe that he's going to make things, things right. And I think that when people see that and they learn how it happened, not from throwing him away and say, hey, Drew, screw you, you know, go somewhere else. I don't want to talk to you again because that's not helpful because now Drew is going to have those same thoughts, those same views, and he's going to spread that along and it's not going to change. Whereas if he comes out of this different, other people can look at him and say, I once thought like Drew, why is Drew changing now? What happened to Drew? And I think that, you know, if the Saints do this right, I think that this could be big because I think it's going to happen. Because right, right, right now, because of this, I'm sure 
teams at all levels, college, through all leagues, they're now talking now because they're like, listen, this is what happened with the Saints. So let's not have this happen with us. Let's have a talk. And I think it all starts with the conversation that can be uncomfortable, going back to what I said earlier, if you have people who aren't quite yet to understand the thing is privilege and understand that things are happening, even though that they can't see them. I think once you start to have those convos and those talks, I think other people will start to realize that, you know, this thing is real. And the more people that will be changed by, I think that will kind of seep into our society. And I think more people can say, Hey, if Drew can change, I can change too. And so I think that's where it's going to start because honestly, we probably shouldn't, but we look up to our sports figures and our entertainers a lot more than we probably should. And so I think because of that, we can use that in a good way. And I think it's going to change. I, I, I truly believe, I don't know why, but it's something about this time with these protests. And I think something's going to actually change, change this time. And I think sports has a lot to do with that. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree with that. Uh, I, I think that's one of the, the best topics to kind of, you know, in the episode with. Uh, before we go, though, kind of leaning towards that, leaning towards growth, we did see a positive thing that the NFL did in which they are trying to open up positions for more min- minority coaches to start stepping into those roles. Yep. Do you think that's going to be one of the things because I personally think that's going to be a great driving factor into helping you know like think about like these young kids that come from urban areas that are seeing a head coach that is black the prime person that I think of is um is uh is why am I blanking on names uh Mike Tomlin with with the Steelers right he's he's this guy who has had numerous success with an organization. Just imagine having eight or nine coaches like that, and at least three of them or four of them are winning Super Bowls. What that does for a young black child, or or even if if Ron with Ron Rivera, a young Spanish kid that's coming from you know a rundown area in in like in anywhere, right? They they see a, a figure like that, and they're they're thinking that's that's what I what I aspire to be like, that's who I want to be. And, you know, I, I think, I think this is such a great step. If there's anything that you want to harp on with that, um, I I would love to hear kind of your take on it with, with, you know, just more of an advantage for these minority coaches in the modern league. Right. I always thought that the Rooney rule was a complete joke because the way to get out of it, I had to do was interview a coach on your staff already that was black that you didn't know that you knew that he was going to get the job already. So you can meet that requirement. I think it's all about, you know, seeing is believing. It's one of the main reasons why Key and I, you know, we we decided to do the Black Panther Challenge, you know, a while back was to so that kids could see it. Like, wow, we have our own superhero that looks like us, his hair is like us, he talks like us. And I think that's so important because when you have, you know, more my more minorities in a power uh, spot, they can tell you, hey, the, this is what people are feeling, this is what they feel like, so that you won't make mistakes in PR. I mean, think, think, think about the time that companies have to release statements. We're so sorry about the statement. We didn't know it was insensitive. If you had 
more people of color in power, those things will happen. And as far as the NFL um, goes, you know, right now, the thing is, in order to be a coach, pretty much, you have to be an offensive genius, right? Well, typically, those guys are offensive coordinators, and typically, those guys are quarterback coaches. Typically, quarterback coaches are guys that play quarterback. Typically, guys that play quarterback are white guys. So that's that's the that's the pipeline, you know. And so, I think now when you look at the league, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, I think now you're starting to see. So when those guys retire and they become coaches, the next crop of the league are going to be guys that look like like them. So I think eventually it was going to fix it fix it it's itself anyway. But I, I, I do like that they're trying to be more inclusive because the reality of, of it is you hire people that you know, that you're friends with, and that you trust. So if I'm a 75-year-old white, white guy, I honestly might not know lots of black people. It's just, you know, it's, it's just the truth. So I think when you start to put those people in those rooms, I think that's when you're going to see more diversity. You're going to see more women coaches you're going to see more um spanish and his hispanic coaches i I just think the the league five years from now is going to look totally different and i think the product on the field and i think how we see the league will improve because of of it so i'm 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 happy that you know that they're they're actively trying and that they're not trying to act like that is not a problem and i like what they're with what they're doing but We'll see, you know, once the next time, when, once that next cycle, next, next year, we'll kind of see what happen, what, what happens. But I think that we'll see some changes, though. Yeah. Anything for the, the betterment and growth of, of not only football, but just social justice is, is awesome. And, and even beyond social justice, this is just being like humanity and, and right. giving people that, that figure, like you said. And, uh, you know, when, when you were talking about all the, the young quarterbacks that that are are black that are that are making such an impact in the league, I always think back to what um, John Harbaugh was telling Lamar Jackson on the sidelines just just a few months back saying yeah. how awesome is it that kids are gonna get to wear the number eight and celebrate you. Yeah. And it's got such a different meaning five months later now, because he's really going to be a figure him uh Patrick Mahomes you know uh even Russell Wilson uh, Russell Wilson I guess was more for like for our generation that right. that guy that was really stepping right. out but but it's it's awesome to see to see these these young guys that are really taking the league by storm yep man that's this has been such a great conversation and I, yeah, I know yeah, I could talk for three more hours on it then <laughs> I know you could too but uh we we gotta we gotta bounce but um but Caleb, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, nope, nope, I, no problem, man. I definitely want people to to be able to reach you. Um, what What's the best social media that they can find you on? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter pretty much 24-7. So you can find me there at Coach Falky, F-A-U-L-K-I-E, because my last name is Faulkner. So, yeah, I'm on, I'm on there. Usually my tweets will consist of, LSU football, Saints football, 
and LeBron James, which <laughs> let me let me let me tell you, man, this has been this year has been weird because I obviously love the Pels. I love the Pels, but I love LeBron and I love AD. So that whole thing is just so weird. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when they play each other, I'm just kind of like, ah. like whoever wins, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? But I will say. Once LeBron retires, it will be a lot easier because I have Zion now. He's going to be my new little LeBron. So, yeah, but, man, that has been so, so weird. Do you love that they're rigging the NBA just to get Zion into the playoffs? Dude, wouldn't it, wouldn't <laughs> it be crazy if in the first round it's Lakers versus Pelicans? That's my dream. That is oh my dream. My. That's not my dream. I don't. I don't want that headache. I don't. <laughs> d- I don't want that headache. My dream is that it goes to Game Seven and the Pels sneak by. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> Caleb, let me ask you too. Uh, is there anything that you're doing in the community right now that that you want to bring light to uh, and maybe have some people get involved with? Yeah. So uh, so right now um, it's in the kind of starting phase, but we are starting to stockpile a list of Black-owned businesses and restaurants in the, Hattiesburg, in the Hattiesburg area, mainly because these places were the places that were hit the hardest with, you know, the, the, the virus. And we've, we've reached out to lots of these owners, and a lot of them don't even know if they have the funds to come back. Um, so what we're trying to do now is we're trying to kind of see – all of what we have and then kind of start to schedule out days to where we can kind of flood these spots all at once to kind of give them that boost that they need. Um, so if you know of any, I mean, any, any businesses, um, there is a, there's a list um, that Jeff George, my, my guy, Jeff, um, he had, he had someone put his list together. So we kind of started uh, with, with that and I will, it's on my Facebook and I'll post it on Twitter but if there are any businesses, black-owned businesses that aren't on that list in the Hattiesburg area and you know of them, please send them to me. We're, we're going to add them to that list. And once we kind of get them, get them all, we are going to start to kind of get into action. Because the fact, you know, people want to support, but a lot of times they don't know where to go, you know, and how they can help. So we're going to try to help them with, with that. Awesome. We'll connect that to our social yeah. media as well. And help spread that yeah appreciate um, it yeah of course man well caleb thank you so much for coming on taking the time your time to really express your your feelings about everything uh, the way that we view social injustices in sports and all that and uh and even you know just educating everyone furthermore about how we can grow in a time like this i think this is a really special time and um and people like you are, are really helping get that message out so i'm um, again very proud to to know you and and love having you um on here but uh but like i said i, I i'm super proud to know you and, and call you a man. friend and, and a family member appreciate it man yeah man i'm here so there you have it we have talked about a subject that is very controversial in this time and uh, is something that needs to be addressed. Again, the most uncomfortable subjects to talk about are usually the realest and the ones that we do need to bring attention to and speak further about and speak out towards how we feel about. 
I know that this is definitely a trying time, as I said before, for everyone, um, but I wanted to have this episode very unfiltered uh, and just something that, that you could really ponder and think about as we go on through this time of just awareness and, and better understanding one another as just a human body. I want to thank Caleb again for coming on. Uh, as I said before, he is a great friend of mine, and I was so just honored to have him on here to kind of express his his feelings, his opinions, and and more so just his dr- him dropping some knowledge on us all. I think I think it was great to have that perspective and and hear what he had to say about just different things and the way that we view injustices, not only in the world but in sports specifically. Uh, Caleb, as he alluded to earlier in in the episode and eventually you know he was talking about it uh, just a, a few minutes back he does have a list of black owned businesses uh, restaurants shops things like that that were affected through via the coronavirus and he wants to help give back to them if you know anyone in the Hattiesburg community that is affected please Make it noted in this list. We are going to put that and attach it to all of our social media. We really want to get the word out on that and help the Hattiesburg community further um, and, and help in your own communities any way that you can. We, we really appreciate you doing any little bit that you can to help just better these communities, better these, these people's businesses, and help them out in a time of such need and, and hardship with all that's going on in the world. Thank you so much for listening in. I really do wish nothing but the best for you and your journey through self-awareness and and understanding in these times. We're going to be back next week. We're going to have another episode that's going to be fun talking about football. Uh, But at the same time, I thought an episode like this would be great to get the word out and just talk about what is going on in the world. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week with your families and From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for listening and being open. We love you guys, and we wish nothing but the best. Let's spread some love.